get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It is officially college football season. It begins with week zero for the Big Ten, and that includes the Illinois Fighting Illini. And right now we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Jeremy Werner. He's the publisher over at the Illini Inquirer. Coming up in about five minutes or so, we will get the Mizzou angle of things with Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou. Jeremy, we appreciate the time, man. How are things going and officially game week for you? Well, uh, everything's going pretty well because the honeymoon, as is, is Brad Bielmo likes to say, he's undefeated. Um, but there's a lot of excitement whenever there's a, a coaching change, especially uh, after a rough year last year, really a rough tenure uh, under Lovey Smith that just didn't work out. Uh, to start a new era, but basically with the same team is, is really interesting because it's basically an apples-to-apples apples comparison of, of Lovey Smith and Brett Bielma uh, as head coaches. I think Brett Bielma has, has struck the right chords, said and done the right things, hired an impressive staff, recruited pretty well so far, uh, but now we'll see how it all plays out in the field. So uh, I think that we'll get about 50,000-plus here. It'll, it'll feel like 100,000 based on what we saw last year in the stadium, but mm-hmm. Of course, there's excitement, and then we'll see what happens when the ball actually kicks off. So I love that they're playing Nebraska in this first game, Jeremy, because I feel like that's a great measuring stick game for Illinois. Nebraska is not a great football team. They have struggled over the last few years. What are expectations for Illinois fans going into this one? If they get a win, could that kind of put some win behind their backs? Well, Illinois, you know, crushed Nebraska last year, mm-hmm. 41-23. Now that was an outlier uh, for both Illinois and Nebraska. Nebraska played much better uh, the rest of the season. They they actually played their better quarterback in Adrian Martinez the rest of the way. Um, you know, Luke McCaffrey was awful against Illinois, but Illinois showed that the, the talent-wise, it's a pretty even matchup. Two teams in the Big Ten West that are really trying to to make some hay, and I think they're two pro- programs. Um, right now that are probably behind obviously Wisconsin and Iowa, but Minnesota and Northwestern as well. Um, and, and trying to, you know, with Purdue kind of climb up the ladder in the big 10 West. It's a, it's a team that Illinois, you know, two years ago had a 35, 21 lead and ended up losing that game uh, two years ago, scored, 30-plus points at Nebraska. So uh, Illinois had some success, uh, especially offensively the last couple of years. It's can they slow down Adrian Martinez. But I agree with you. It's, it's a huge measuring stick game. They've had the advantage of secrecy heading into this one. Uh, Nebraska doesn't know what Brett Bielma and his coordinators are going to run on both sides of the ball. So uh, they might have an advantage out of the gates if they can execute. Um, but I agree with you. I think this is a, a huge game. That's why Brett Bielma has been so secretive about what he's going to run. And uh, it's an opportunity. It's a very winnable game. Um, and if they can start 1-0, and I think it'll get fans excited. Uh, it'll get recruits excited. And also, uh, it'll give some belief in, in that football facility that, as most people know, uh, the last four or five years, really six years, um, <laughs> hasn't been very good. So, Jeremy, on offense, Brandon Peters is back. You've got Isaiah Williams moving to wide receiver, and there's been a decent amount of hype about what he can be at that spot after moving uh, positions this offseason. What are the expectations for this offense? Is this about as much excitement as there's been about an Illini offense in the last few years? 
Well, there's some intrigue because there is a foundation in the run game. Uh, Rod Smith, who came from the Rich Rodriguez tree, really never got that full offense going, but he did get the run game going. Two of the last three years, Illinois had one of the top three rushing attacks in the Big Ten, and they returned most of that piece, most of those pieces. Three super senior offensive linemen that all have a chance at the NFL. I don't know if they'll be draft picks, but should be in training camps. Um, you know, have some other pieces on the offensive line. So it's a solid to good offensive line, a good deep group of running backs, including Chase Brown and Mike Epstein, who had good seasons last year. Uh, Chase Aiden and another St. Louis guy, Reggie Love, they're really excited about. Um, but can they get the passing game going? Brandon Peters has been, you know, flashy at times, but really inconsistent. Had a pretty poor season outside the Nebraska game last year. He's got some NFL, you know, talents when it comes to his arm, his size. Uh, but he's just been inconsistent and hasn't been a great leader so far. So Brett Beam has really been pushing that. And that wide receiver, there's a lot of unknowns, but they are excited about Isaiah Williams. And uh, the one thing people know about Isaiah Williams in St. Louis uh, and Rutgers saw it last year when Isaiah ran for a quarterback program record 192 yards. Uh, you get him in the open field, he's going to make people miss. And Illinois really lacked that playmaker uh, in the open field. Uh, they also got a pair of tight ends who are pretty good. Daniel Barker and a kid from Southern Illinois, Luke Ford, who is a top 100 prospect, a transfer from Georgia, hasn't quite lived up to the hype, only got targeted four times last year. But uh, Brett Beam offenses uh, like to use the tight ends. They like to run the ball. I'd expect the same this year. The Lovey Smith defense was not exactly the Lovey Smith defense that we remember from the NFL. Now you've got Ryan Walters, a guy that I know well from his time at Missouri. How have things transitioned under Ryan Walters? What are you guys expecting out of his unit this year? Yeah, it was similar to Lovey Smith's defense, except he didn't have the talent that he had in the NFL. So <laughs> he was able to do what he wanted to do um, as easily. But yeah, he was stubborn with his defense. Ryan Walters is not then. You know, he he, he ran a couple different defenses at Missouri. And I think under Barry, it was a, a 3-4. Uh, and then under Eli Drinkwitz, uh, last year was more of a 4-2-5. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know exactly what it's going to be. And, and what they've said is there'll be multiple. So maybe that's code word for we're not telling you what we're going to run um or maybe it's they actually could run three four one week or one series and then they could run four two five two four five uh the next series but uh ryan walters i've, I've been really impressed with um he also uh has kind of said you know people around him have said he checked his ego at the door like brett bielma is a defensive coordinator um obviously a very successful head coach um you've had andy boo who's a defensive coordinator at the fbs level and, and big 10 level is an assistant coach here at illinois kevin kane was the smu defensive coordinator they've all combined to make up this what they call illinois defense that they're going to unveil on us um it, they showed a very three four vanilla scheme but i wouldn't be surprised if they ran a four two five but uh that's my biggest question is what does this defense look like because i feel like there's the talent to compete uh but illinois has not been a good defense outside of taking the ball away uh during the lovey smith era so while i think there's uh, enough talent here to compete against teams especially like nebraska um we just haven't seen it so the x factor of coaching in the scheme we're going to see on display right away final quick question for jeremy werner of the illini inquirer jeremy a successful season for illinois would be what I think there's no doubt if they made a bowl game, which I think is in the realm of possibility, guys. I don't know if I'd run to Vegas and bet on that, but um, I I think it's within the realm of possibility for a team that two years ago made a bowl game. Last year they went 2-6, and which is really disappointing, but COVID really disrupted them. I I think this team is – 
could be, you know, fourth or fifth in the Big Ten West at, at, you know, probably their high end. But I also think that they could be the worst team in the Big Ten West uh, if things don't click and because they don't have the talent uh, maybe to match up against some of the higher teams in the Big Ten. But the schedule uh, does set up well if they get off to a good start this season. I think the first six games are all winnable uh, for Illinois. But I think if they go five and seven guys and they're really competitive, uh, I think that's a that's a step in the right direction. But obviously, a bowl season would be great. I think if they won, you know, four or under, it'd be a you know four, it'd be a mild disappointment. I think if it's under that, uh, it'd be pretty disappointing given all the experience that you return to this team. But um, that's why this game is so big. It's a Big Ten West game right away, and, and one of the teams you're trying to leap in the in the conference. Looking forward to it. Saturday afternoon, Nebraska versus Illinois, officially college football season back with week zero for the Illini. Jeremy, always appreciate the time, man. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks. You got it. That's Jeremy Werner of Illini Inquirer joining us here on 101 ESPN. Now we're going back out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, getting the Mizzou side of things with my guy Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at PowerMizzou.com, C-O-M. Gabe, always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Not bad, Brandon. Always happy to be on the celebrity line, man. Hey, that's what I've always called you. The first time that I met Gabe DeArmond, I said, man, that is a celebrity. I can't wait to meet this guy. Same. Nobody else (laughs) does, but, but, you know, that's how I actually introduced myself. I, I appreciate that about you. All right, Gabe. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou, they're still a week away from their first uh, season, or first week of the year. What are you expecting out of this team? I know it's an open-ended question, but I feel like excitement levels have kind of gone almost through the roof at this point, and there are some that are going to be disappointed by a seven or an eight-win season. Where are you at on realistic expectations for this Missouri team? Right there. Um, I'd set the over-under at seven and a half if I was doing it. Um, I think, you know, I picked them eight and four, seven and five. Seven and five won't surprise me at all. Basically, I did my predictions this way. Like, I don't think they're sweeping Kentucky and Boston College, and I don't think they're going to get swept by those teams. Um, so that's how I ended up at eight and four. But if they lose both those games, they're going to be seven and five, I, I think, at best. You know, because they've got Georgia, Florida, and A&M. And, and no, none of those are automatic losses, but they are likely losses. They are going to be... I would guess 10-point underdogs in in all of those games or more. Um, You look for improvement, right? You need them to be a better team than they were last year because I think last year the record was better than Missouri was as a team. I mean, they were 5-5, and but you could not make an argument they should have won any of the five losses. They won two of the five wins literally on the last play of the game. They were two plays from three and seven. And while people say, yeah, but they weren't three and seven, I agree, and they deserve credit for that. But they were a lot closer to three and seven than they were to seven and three. And there are holes on this team, and everybody's excited about the recruiting, and I think they should be excited about the recruiting. We've never seen it quite at this level. But it's not going to help a lot for this year. You know, outside of Mookie Cooper and Dominic Lovett, I don't know that that any of those freshmen are going to be like big impact guys this year. And the 2022 class obviously isn't going to be because they're still going to be in high school. So I think you're talking the 2022 season and really the 2023 season before this recruiting makes a major impact on the field. Gabe, on offense, we all know Connor Bazelak is back as the starting quarterback. Tyler Beatty is going to take more of a prominent role offensively. We saw what Kiki Chisholm can be outside at receiver. 
Who are the other guys that you expect to be maybe in new roles offensively that Mizzou fans should be excited about going into the season? Kowski Dove is going to play more on on the other the other outside spot. Um, Mookie Cooper, once he's healthy, I, I think at some point is going to start in the slot. I don't think that's going to be game one because he got banged up in the scrimmage and isn't back at practice yet. Um, he may play against Central Michigan. I don't know. Eli Drinkwitz, you know, intentionally said he was not going to give that information away to Central Michigan because I'm sure if Jim McElwain knows that, it changes the entire game, um, you know, for a kid who's never actually played <laughs> in college yet. Uh, but whatever. I mean, that's fine. He can do it that way. It, that's fine. Um, but J.J. Hester, Chance Looper are guys that, that I think you're going to see a little bit more from this year. Boo Smith maybe gets on the field a little bit more. I think they've got, and I mentioned uh, Dominic Lovett too. I think Lovett is probably the third outside receiver behind uh, Chisholm and Dove. He's, he's looked good in the scrimmages and in the practice situations that we've gotten to see, which obviously isn't extensive, but we've gotten to see some. Um, so I think they've got seven or eight guys that are going to play. Now, ultimately, you know, it's probably closer to five or six who get significant snaps. Barrett Bannister is going to be in there. Uh, so there's a lot of guys, you know, I think – I think also you're going to see guys like Elijah Young and Cooper and maybe even J.J. Hester moved around a little bit, played at different spots. You know, hey, maybe they line up in the backfield some. Maybe they're in the slot now and again. Maybe they're outside some. But I I question what this team has at tight end, especially when they want to throw the ball. So I think you might see some of those guys used in in a little bit different ways because – I'm not sure Missouri lines up with the traditional three receivers, one tight end, one running back all the time, especially when they need to throw it. Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou joining us for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Gabe, on the defensive side of things, the cornerback situation I think is maybe most interesting. We kind of know what they have on the defensive line. The linebackers are going to be a question mark until we actually see them play. What are you expecting when they line up for the first snap at cornerback going into this season? They have a couple of big-time grad transfers. Are they, are they actually going to start? Yeah, they've got six guys that are going to play the three positions. They're playing three corners this year. Last year, you know, they played a, a 3-3-5, um, but that fifth defensive back was a safety who was really a linebacker in Martez Manuel. This year, the fifth defensive back is a slot corner, which was – that wasn't really even a position – six, seven years ago in football, but now everybody has, you know, you have your outside corners and your slot corners. Um, I think that Ennis Rakestraw and a Caleb Evans, one of the transfers from Tulsa probably start on the outside. The inside could be Chris Sheeran. It could be Allie Green, the other Tulsa guy. It could be Chris Abrams drain who uh, Steve Wilkes mentioned as a guy who's really had a good camp. The other outside guy is Ish Burdine, but you know, they're going to play him a lot. We never think about this. But like Ennis Rakestraw put it well the other day, he said, you know, when you've got six and seven receivers, you've got a guy that's going to run a 50-yard fly route, and then he's going to go to the sideline, and the next guy's going to come in, and he's fresh to go run whatever route he wants. Well, we just covered that 50-yard fly route. Now we've got to cover the fresh guy on the next down. So you need multiple cornerbacks, and you've got to be able to sub those guys in and out a little bit to keep them fresh, especially with teams throwing the ball so much. So Will said he likes having six guys, and and – it'll be 
you know, anybody's guess who's who, which three are on the field at any given time. Gabe, Mizzou starts their uh, season next week against Central Michigan, but I feel like for a lot of Mizzou fans, it really starts on Friday night with Luther Burden taking the field uh, yeah. for East St. Louis. Yeah. I got to ask you about the five-star wide receiver out of East St. Louis. He decommitted from Oklahoma. He's back open on the open market, and it sounds like Mizzou is at least one of the two spots that he's looking at. When do you expect this to be completed? Do you think there's a chance that Luther Burden makes a commitment tomorrow before his game? I don't uh, really at this point. I mean, there was some talk, hey, it could happen before the season starts, but I, that, I, I don't think that's likely at this point. Um, you know, I am, I'm covering that game, actually. I would be very happy if Luther is ready to make a decision if he would just announce it to me after the game and then, we could break that story. That'd be fine if that's the way he wants to do it. You know, I don't know if Luther or any of his teammates are listening to this game, but I'm just tossing that out as an idea. Um, but I will be at that game because there's a ton of D1 guys. I mean, East St. Louis has, you know, four or five. CBC's got probably three of their own at least. So I'll be at that game. And um, I expect Burden to go till after the season, honestly. He's got official visits to Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, and I think Alabama. I think he'll probably take those. I mean, look, if you're the number one receiver in the country, why wouldn't you go uh, let let teams wine and dine you and see what they have to say? All indications we have are Missouri and Georgia are the teams to beat at this point, probably with Missouri having an edge. It depends on who you talk to, if that is a slight edge or a big edge. Um, but – the lesson, and I've said this since rumors started surfacing in March that he might decommit, regardless of what happens, whether he stretches it all the way out or whether he makes an announcement as soon as I get off the phone with you, everybody understands you're still really going to have to fight and make sure this is, you know, that he signs with you. Not because he, I mean, look, he's unlikely to decommit a second time. But teams are not going to give up on a player of that caliber. He is going to continue being recruited and maybe even take visits. So even if he were to commit to Missouri today, you know, Missouri understands, hey, this is going to be a battle till mid-December to make sure this happens. Mizzou had the 20th ranked recruiting class last year by rivals. They're at number 27 right now. And certainly Luther Burden, if he was willing to join the class, is going to help that a ton as well. Gabe, we always appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to Mizzou getting back on the field next week. And we'll talk with you again soon, my man. All right. Good talk to you, Brandon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.